What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 103 of the Taste Cast, our weekly podcast where we talk about things, react to things, do a bunch of random shit. My name's Seth. I'm Chevy. Quick reminder is that we're in the last week of November, so make sure to download and play Neo and Outlast 2. Both offer for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, come back at the end of this week for Plus Club. Let us know what you thought of those games. We'll let you know we thought of them. And our game of the month randomly picked is Lost Planet 2, which is a one to four player cooperative uh, game where you shoot bugs. Make sure to play that. Come back at the end of this week as well for Game of the Month. Also, make sure to be voting for our community pick Game of the Month, which will be next month. We're going to be cutting you guys off Thanksgiving Day. So as of Thanksgiving Day, when that starts, we will not be taking votes anymore. So make sure to get your votes in on this episode and prior episodes this month, and we will tally those up, and we will reveal what the community picked Game of the Month is for Game of the Month at the end of this week. I'm very excited to find out, although I kind of have a sneaking suspicion which one it is. Well, I actually don't because I, I stopped keeping track for this month. So. And I haven't been really telling people anymore because I want it to be fun. <laughs> so I don't want them to be like, well, I already know what's going to happen. So fuck it. So, um, yeah, uh, make sure to get those votes in one vote per video. Type in G-O-T-M. Um, and yeah, do that. Also, we have a Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all time. And we're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you'd prefer to listen to us. Taste cast. Uh, typically we start with, uh, every taste cast talk about what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into that. You probably have more things to talk about. Although we kind of said previous to filming that we both have played pretty much one game and then not as much to say on other games we've been playing, but what have you been playing? Uh, well, I mean, I'm still playing Final Fantasy 14, um, finished leveling my botanist to 80 and, most of my crafters are now 60 uh, due to the Ishgard restoration uh, that they've added to the game. Makes crafting leveling a lot faster. Um, other than that, leveling my Black Mage. I think I'm 76 now, so I'll be close to 80 on that one soon as well. Wish I was 76 at anything in that game. <laughs> I'm 50 it's a lot, something. It's a lot faster once you get through the story because then after that you're just doing things to level instead mm-hmm. of you know to progress in the story. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, other than that, I'm just hopping in doing my weekly stuff and, uh, you know, just leveling it, random things here and there, trying to get as much things to 80 as I can. I mean, that's pretty much it on that one. So, okay. Um, and then Death Stranding, you've been playing that. I've been playing Death Stranding. We'll yeah. save that because yep. I've also been playing that. So I'll just, fuck, this could be quick. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about Death Stranding though. Yeah. Um, I've been playing Death Stranding, pretty much only Death Stranding, but right. I have played a little bit of COD, Modern Warfare, still really liking it. I think I'm like level 110-ish area, so uh, I've been playing it quite a bit. I want that season to roll out, which I think is next month. Um, but yeah, still having fun with that, really enjoying it. I need to beat the campaign of that. Um, right now I'm in like crunch mode, and I've already kind of talked about this on prior episodes, but uh, I have like a list of the games I need to beat, like my priority games to beat. Um, and I would like to beat the campaign of this before the end of the year. But, you know, my priority has been Death Stranding. Next, I'm going to try and beat Control as soon as possible. I'm already like I would assume halfway through it. And uh, I'm hopeful in, in hoping to uh, beat um, Fire Emblem, Three Kingdoms or whatever. Um, I want to beat one playthrough of that but that, that's supposed to be like 80 hours or some shit and i just put fucking 60 into death stranding so yeah wishful thinking but yeah um playing cod need to beat the campaign um enjoyed that so far i'm like halfway through it and uh 
yeah, generally just been running around shooting people, playing a lot of the multiplayer online stuff. Uh, I bought a second copy on PC, um, which has actually been kind of cool because uh, like a weekend ago, Josh came over and was hanging out. And I was like, oh, I got two copies of Modern Warfare. You can play on my PS4. I'll play on the PC. And it worked perfectly. So that was pretty cool to just be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I love that all my stuff. Crossplay has been awesome so far. My experience with crossplaying games has been almost like perfect. It's yeah. been great. I don't even care when I'm on PS4 playing against people on PC. I haven't noticed a big difference. And now that I'm playing on PC, my aiming is a lot faster than it would be on console. But I don't have the aim assist the console has. So people on controller are still very much competitive. Like people have this idea that if you're on PC, you're going to wreck everybody. If you're good on PC, you're going to wreck some people. Yeah. But if you're like okay on PC and someone's really good on fucking console, they have a really good chance of wrecking you. I mean like people if, – if I'm like aiming at a door – and you pop out, I don't care what you're playing on. I just got to pull that fucking trigger and you're done. There's so many scenarios like that that will happen. So um, it's been interesting kind of playing on both. They both have their pros and cons. But I love, cross-play-wise, that even the progress is cross-progress. Mm -hmm. So everything I do on PS4, if I hop over to PC, all my shit's over there. Everything's the same. And uh, one thing that's really nice is now they've introduced um, these trials that happen. Every time you level, you get a, t a ticket. Um, and you do a trial and you can get one, two or three stars. And those all give you, I think like 4,000, 6,000 and 10,000 experience per like what you get. You get like three tries. If you fail, you know, all three tries, you mm -hmm. fail the whole thing. If you complete it on one of those tries, you can just end it there and accept the two stars, three stars, whatever. But a lot of times I'll, if I'm playing on my PS4, uh, when I get those trials, I'll hop over to my PC because a lot of them are like really aim heavy. Like some of them will be like a target range and shit. Oh, yeah. And I'm like fucking mouse all day dude i'm just like ching 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 like fucking nothing um so it's nice having that option but uh but yeah uh really digging it and it's fun on both and uh i, I love crossplay. i want to see more games do crossplay. i so far have not had any issues um with it you know fair wise or connection wise so for sure and uh cross progress that needs to be on fucking everything man i love that shit put that save information on the server like put it on my console too because i'm paranoid but uh, upload that info to a server. And so when I access it to, on like a different console, if I am playing a different console, let me fucking access that because I love that shit. It's so fucking cool to be like hours and hours and hours into this game, hop over to PC, and it's just all there. Yeah, that's how Destiny 2 works as well. So, yeah, and I yeah. love it. That's what I'm saying. Like that whole system, man, like fucking I just want to see more of this shit. You know, some games aren't going to be able to do it like the cross play. Um, like if, if, for instance, if like Quake, champions or something came out on console good fucking luck that is a game that is <laughs> that is dumb like it's not or like tribes that shit's not on console for a reason that game is so fucking fast-paced and crazy that it'd be hard to translate but like you know games like warframe get everybody kind of synced up on those updates and fucking put crossplay into that game that game would fucking only benefit from fucking crossplay be amazing yeah if everybody could just play warframe together pretty much every hub based game yeah, yeah, exactly. Any like cooperative based game, the division, fucking mm -hmm. put that on fucking uh, crossplay. Maybe Dark Zone, be able to opt out of playing against PC players, something like that. If you're worried about it, but uh, like I said, in COD, I, I, I re it really doesn't fucking. I mean, one PC player on their whole team is not gonna fucking change the tide unless that guy's like fucking some MLG motherfucker. But the likelihood of that is pretty low, right? But yeah, I um, guess I just have more to talk about when it comes to the crossplay than COD itself. But it's fun. Uh, really digging it. And I think it's probably one of the best CODs in years, easily. So I've been really enjoying it. Um, 
yeah, so I mean, that's all I've played. Oh, I tried, <laughs> I tried Battle Breakers, which is Epic's, Epic uh, Games' new fucking hero collector thing. Gotcha, where the fuck? Mobile game. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that I have a whole lot to say on that, but the only reason I downloaded it is because I had a day at work that was very slow. I was like, you know, a lot of people play these fucking games where you collect heroes constantly and you just do all this shit that you're barely even playing the game. I'm going to see if I can get hooked to it because I know a lot of people play those kind of games. And uh, it, it, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me at yeah. all. I was like just letting it go. It just auto plays for you if you wanted to. And I absolutely wanted it to because I was at work. But I was just letting go and I'm like collecting new heroes and shit. I'm leveling them up. I'm evolving them and shit. The graphics are like decent, but Epic Games has some money. For a game like that but uh it just does not do anything for me so i'm just like um i'm not necessarily confused because i get the aspect people like collecting things people like watching numbers go up people like having scores people like progression shit like that but like there's almost no gameplay to it yeah there is if i wanted to but it's not efficient when i can just let it do it on its own it's going to go faster than i could ever go and it's just really interesting yeah a lot of those games at least from my experience are like that mm -hmm. um there's a handful where like the auto will only get you so far. Um, and in the specific case of like Brave Exvius, there are like ma adventure maps and stuff like that. We actually do walk around and like look for treasure chests and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, a lot of them are just like, there's a map. Yep. You know, you select your destination, your token moves over there. The battle starts. That's most of them. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And you said recently and, I don't know if we've talked about much on the show. You said you've stopped playing Brave Exvius. Yeah, I, I did a while ago. Um, and not because I don't like the game anymore, but mm -hmm. be just because, like, <clears throat> you know, I played it pretty pretty consistently. And I, at this point, like, Chris and a uh, community member, uh, Psycho, have been playing more than me. Um, but uh, for me, it was just more so, like, it was taking so much time mm -hmm. to play it, which... Um, is fine if I wasn't playing other things, but it just started becoming distracting for me to play anything else. So I had to take a break. <laughs> that was uh, that was one thing because I, I was really putting effort into it. I put a lot of hours already um, in that Battle Burgers game, but it's on phone, but it's also on the Epic Game Store. Mm -hmm. So I have it installed on my PC and I was playing, I think like Death Stranding or something like that. Well, I definitely was playing Death Stranding and I was doing some like side quest shit. I would just have it going on my computer and I would just like auto play and then just keep playing. And then once I look over and auto, auto, and then I go back to playing and shit. And so again, cross play, pro cross progression, neat game I don't give a fuck about. Played a but, couple idle clickers that do that too. But again, well, back in the day, dude, like Cookie Clicker and shit, where the fuck that mm. game was called. Um, God, that, see, that game was addictive and it was stupid. Um, yeah, there's a couple that play on mobile and PC now. So, and it's I don't need safe. that. I don't need that shit in my life again. Um, <laughs> see, those ones got me, but these ones, I just, I, I don't get it. But, um, but when you're saying like the time investment, I was like playing a game while letting it play and I still it never got to a point where I was like enjoying it so I was like how much time do I have to put into this to like finally get hooked from it um but yeah yeah and that, and one I've said it to you before but I think most of those um don't work for me either yeah um, yeah you're not playing all of them you found like a couple that got you hooked yeah and I've dabbled in a lot of them um and, in fact I still have a bunch installed on my phone for some reason I just have never I don't play them at all 
Yeah. So. Well, and one thing that's great about Brave Exvius in that field is it's already a uh, subject matter you like. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was going to play one of these, I would probably play that one too, just because I do like Final Fantasy. I like Final Fantasy characters. So if I'm collecting characters, it's a lot better if they're ones I like already than these weird generic fucking B-rated When it has characters. its own characters and a storyline you go through as well. Sure. So. Whereas uh, this does have a story, but like it's it's Fortnite's aimed at everybody. For sure. So the writing is like they're like, oh fucking he he's such a clown. He's like, ha, fucking I'm so cool, blah, blah blah. And like they're saying like real basic shit. I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't give a fuck about yeah. this at all. That's the only other one I ever really like got into, and I I literally stopped playing because I lost my account and they wouldn't help me get it back. Uh, was Guild Wars two? Uh, well, yes, but uh, Fate Grand Order. So I was playing that for a while and uh, I like that one a lot too, but it's amazing that there's some people who just will completely fuck you like that. But like, and say what you want about blizzard right now, anytime I've had my shit stolen in that, I get it back real quick. I mean, there's a couple steps to it. I actually kind of appreciate because they need to prove on me and I can prove on me. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to send my ID, but then I'm like, "Eh, that makes sense. They need to know on me, but then I get it right back and they, their restoration, like when they restore your shit, they restore your shit. You get it all back. I've played other MMOs where I fucking had to get my shit back, and they kind of, like Guild Wars 2, before they <laughs> took my account away, fucking for no reason. It just was gone one day. Um, fucking, I got my shit hacked. I was like level 80 at the time. I was max level at the time. I don't know what the fuck they're doing now. But all my shit got fucking sold, all that stuff. And I told them, I'm like, I didn't get all my stuff back. They're like, no, oh, that's what it says you had. You, you, you know, that's what the records show. I'm like... I wasn't fucking naked without any items. Yeah. Why would I be level 80 and have nothing? Like, well, that's what it says. I'm like, okay. And then I guess that was enough for whoever I was talking to to go fuck this guy and delete my account. It's gone. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I lost mine too, so. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And then now every time I hear this... about that company, people are like, yeah, they suck. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask. I already agree, but I'm sure if you're saying that, there's all a whole fucking slew of bullshit. Yeah. That sucks. That's a fall from grace, man. I used to love Arena Net and fucking NCSoft. NCSoft yeah. 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 Anything else on uh, on those kind of games? You stop playing them. Um, are you playing any right now? No. No? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Chris is still playing, though? Every day. Damn. I kind of, I kind of, when I have slow days, I've been having a lot of slow days at work recently, and I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck to do with my life when I'm doing that. And I mean, it's fun. Um, but uh, I think the big thing, too, is a lot of those games are designed to be, like, predatory. And, oh, 100%. Uh, Brave Exvius, though, it will completely put it in your face that you can spend money. Um, I never felt like it's something you have to do. In fact, I don't think Chris has ever spent a dime. So That's typically the route Chris likes to. Yeah. Well, and I'm just saying, he, his... Creep down. He's capable of doing all the content in the game. So And that's good. That's, yeah. that's how any free play should be. Yeah. Um, I spent money on it. Yeah, more than I like to admit, but <laughs> it's me with Warframe. Yeah, yeah, but I was comfortable doing it at the time. So, I mean, if you like it, yeah. I mean, who well, cares? I was playing it every day. So exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I would give Final Fantasy fourteen, you know, besides a monthly fee, every time like some new pet or mount comes out that's in their pay for store, I'm like, yeah, I want it, and I like the game. So. I barely play 14 and I'll look at mounts and shit and I buy them <laughs> and they're expensive too, but I think it's a good game. So I don't mind. I don't mind paying. If it was really fucking expensive, some games have crazy expensive mounts like fucking, uh, uh, never winter had like fucking 16, $8 mounts and shit. It's a free to play game, but still I'm like, I'm not 
buying i'm not buying a fucking mount for the price of a full game yeah that's that's crazy that's think, you asking me to purchase the game i think they're anywhere from 13 to 30 dollars for final fantasy 14 yeah and 30 steep to me but they're they're cool looking mounts they're like they're high the quality person ones so oh and see that's that's cool but yeah. i mean I, i'll never be able to justify that price 100 percent. but uh that is a game i will just go yeah it's fine i i think it's i think it's a really good game so yeah, um, I'd be less inclined to be It's Fine if they didn't release stuff in-game as well on a regular basis because mm-hmm. at that point it'd be like, oh, you're just depending on the cash shop at this point. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's the way they're doing it. Um, they are obviously designing stuff for it, mm-hmm. but they release mounts and minions constantly in-game as yeah, well. Yeah, you're always so. unlocking shit, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, we should probably move into the, the big game that we've been playing death stranding it's been out for a couple weeks now um it's you know gotten mixed uh reviews which is something i said early on i was like this game will be divisive for sure it definitely has been i think in my experience i don't think i know in my experience more people like it than dislike it um i've had some interesting interactions on twitter over the game um i got into a fun debate with uh the guy who runs reviews for ign He's the guy who decides who does the reviews and what games they review. I had like for two days straight a conversation with him about, I made a joke essentially that uh, they put out their 6.8 death stranding review and everybody thought it was funny essentially. Cause everybody else was like, yeah, higher grades. And I was like, out of all of the people you guys went the lowest and that's just, it was just funny. So I made a joke about, um, you know, two weeks after they released that and they got a lot of shit for it. They're like, they released the article that was like, um, Oh, Death Stranding is actually pretty fun if you play it enough. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. We're all having fun. We're all having a blast with it. Now you're like, hey, I want to be a part of the conversation too. You should bring that conversation over to IGN. Click on our ads. Uh, made a joke about that. He did not like that. And he mischaracterized so many things I fucking said. I called him out on every single one. I'm like, I never said that. You just made that up. So anyway, that was a fun conversation. Hopefully, if you ever see this, Dan, uh, I enjoyed talking with you. Um until you became an asshole on the second day. He came back. He's like, you, you fucking sound like you're holding a grudge. I'm like, you just came back after 24 hours to fucking talk shit to me again. What are you talking about? Holding a grudge, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm responding to you. Anyway, I've been having conversations about Death Stranding. It's been pretty divisive. <laughs> um, I don't think Dan liked it, but that's fine. I don't care. Like, don't like the game. It's fine. Just don't mischaracterize me. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting. But uh, we've played it. Um, I recently just beat it. Uh, it took me 60 hours to do so. Apparently, it's like a 20 to 40 hour game, people are saying, but I, I guess I was just savoring that flavor. I yeah. know I am. Yeah. Um, and yeah, before we get into just talking about it generally, I just want to say um, I, I am planning on doing a full discussion, spoilery talk about this game. I want to do a review, but you guys know how I am with reviews. It's always difficult because I put more production to those. But um, all in all, without saying anything, uh, specific about the game i loved this game to death i thought it was really fucking good um it's very uh it's an it's a very um a unique experience that i've never experienced from any other game ever um in fact a lot of times it felt like a hybrid i, I know a game with a lot of cinematics people are like oh it's like a pretty much a movie this literally felt like the merging of cinema and video games uh for me and uh when i was finished with it um it, I, I left having a lot of uh, thoughts about it. A lot of things I'd like to discuss with somebody. So somebody beat it, please. Um, Wade had it fucking ruined for him, which sucks because the whole game is about the journey there and the end really um, 
you feel that you feel like you've you've gotten to a certain point and you had to struggle to get there and shit and it's uh it's very worthwhile i would definitely recommend this game to most people but i know a lot of people or some people aren't going to be into it but i loved it is it's definitely uh top contenders top three contender for game of the year for me easily um and uh yeah just wanted to throw out there before we talk about it because i loved it if anyone's questioning that i i absolutely loved it so you've been playing it yep Oh, by the way, I also, when I finished, I think I was like 222. That's my level. So, and someone else on Twitter was like, I, I just beat the game. And they showed their max level at the time and they were 222 as well. So I was like, that's weird that we. That's weird. I'm 170 right now. You were like 100 in the first area. So you were doing a lot of side <laughs> shit. But you also, when I watch you play, you're like. Carrying everything. Creeping around and shit. I carry a lot of shit too, but fucking we play definitely different, especially with the BTs and stuff. You're like sitting there in the rain, like with your grenade, like, and I like typically when I, when I'm around BTs at this point, like I'm just like walking on foot and it's going and I just kind of swerve out of the way where I do other things I'm not going to talk about. But like, um, I mean, you already know with the grenades at this point that you can fucking kind of put you can you can fucking essentially fight them at this point yeah um and so i'm a little more aggressive with the way i go through them um so that's definitely gonna change you know how long it takes to get through but uh but anyway yeah 222 is when i beat it 60 hours uh i think 15 tumbles or something like that so i mean mean, the amount of times you've fallen yeah i don't think i have yet I've gotten very close. There's a certain range of uh, terrain that um, I decided to conquer. I absolutely conquered it through technology, <laughs> but it was it was a journey to do that. And uh, I think I fell a couple times. And I felt bad every single time because BB will fucking let you know. Although, I got him to uh, max emotional uh, stability which makes him less worried about certain situations. And uh, one time I was, Josh was watching me. I was like climbing rocks and I fucking fell. And it was just like such a flat, like I fell and landed right on my back. Went (laughs) and fucking all my shit went everywhere. And he didn't cry at all. He went and like, that was fine. I was like, wow, you really don't care anymore. You're just kind (laughs) of used to this. Like, God, dude, you fucking fell again. So anyway, uh, you've been playing. Mm Mm-hmm. You haven't beaten it. Uh, you've been playing for hours, though. I'm in chapter three. <laughs> yeah. Which is where everybody says is like when the game starts. I think that's kind of an interesting way to put it because um, I don't know what they mean by that outside of uh, the things you have unlocked so far. But you m- unlock more stuff from there, too. So I think the whole game, like a lot of Japanese games, is an ever-expanding, constantly unlocking experience. Yeah, so. yeah I agree with that. Um, they probably say that just because of the place you start and the place you are at that point yeah. are much different. We're going to, we're going to talk loosely about the whole experience without really diving into the story. Yeah. So the, there is multiple zones and I think it is, you leave that first zone. And I think people kind of see that as like the beginning, the first area being a tutorial, it but it does little, feel a little tutorial esque. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the last mission in that zone. Though, I guess it is because that's kind of your first like long journey at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and you fight your first uh, boss at the end of it. So yeah. it does feel kind of like a zone that's getting you prepared. But, you know, every time you unlock a new item, it's telling you how to use it again. Mm-hmm. And some missions will push you to use that item to learn how to use it and shit. So. Oh, yeah. 
Well, it's like when they first give you the grenades and then the next mission sends you to the BTs and I had like, oh no, it's the boss fight is what it is. And then mm-hmm. I had put all my grenades away. I was like, I don't need these. Yeah. <laughs> and then those guys are out there who will fucking throw you shit. Like, Here, have some grenades. I'm like, why didn't I bring these? <laughs> um, Yeah. I don't know. I, I spend... I spend most of my time right now, I, I'm building infrastructure. I'll just word it that way. And uh, as I'm going back and forth for supplies, I will grab deliveries and side missions um, that are on my way. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. treating it like an Uber driver. I'm like, I'm yeah. going that way anyways. Yep. What can I drop off on the way? Um, I got my first five star right on my pants there. Um which I think is kind of a neat feature that you get to wear your trophy on your outfit. Mm. Um, God, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm constantly just impressed by the detail in the game. I'm also really impressed that I can just be almost doing nothing sometimes in that game. And I'm just like, fine, just chilling in the game. The, this game is for, I really wish everybody would give it like a good try um, and kind of realize it's not, just about walking places it's about the journey it's just it's a third person action game like any other except for it has a balance mechanic yeah. if you don't have anything on you you're not really falling unless you trip over something i say i'm fighting all the time now yeah so. i mean like you're not playing other third person games where you have a shitload of stuff stacked on you so they didn't think about the aspect of you know trudging along or whatever but um yeah like i got the first you know weapon now yeah. <clears throat> which one the uh was a bol- bola bola oh bolo yeah and uh or bola that thing's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One thing I, I love, um, I remember before the game came out, I was watching, you know, trailers on and stuff like that. And I kept seeing, like, non-lethal stuff. And I was like, ah, it's kind of cool. But at the same time, like, it seems kind of, like, soft to me. But then, like, you play the game and, and within the lore, it makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. The mules, first off, are a cult. They're, you know, their parents were porters and shit. And they just live for packages. They want, they want the... The hoarders. Yeah. Yeah. But... And in any other post-apocalyptic world, they'd be, you know, marauders who'd come kill you or steal you and slave you or whatever. But in this world, you can't you can't really kill people because it creates issues for everybody and oh, yeah, it can yeah. create a void out. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only are they just only for the packages, they can't do shit to you. They could like fucking tie you up. But like other than that, like they can't kill you. Yeah, they literally just aim to knock stuff off your back sometimes. I'm also thoroughly impressed that game's um, predictive throwing ability. Oh, yeah. I'll be running, and a mule will throw something, and in most games, it's going to land like near you, behind you, because you're running. But the thing will land like ahead of me and shit. It's really good at predicting where you're going to run, mm-hmm. which is fucking impressive. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize they they are like little like proximity, like don't stand here once this is here zones mm-hmm. until... I ran into one in a package. I was yep. like, okay. And the one guy stopped fighting me and started rushing for my package. So they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. They just want your shit. Yeah. So that's why they're throwing things to knock your packages off. That's why they're smacking those things off. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting, I can't even call them villains. Uh, just adversary that you're stuck. You know, they're, yeah. They're just a group of people. That, yeah. That's the way they live. So, the whole ga- the whole game is interesting. I mean, like the lore in that game is all unique yeah. and uh, very Kojima. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
what else did I get recently? I unlocked my first uh, vehicle that I can make now. Which is the um, Two reverse trike or whatever. Yeah. yeah. One's uh, got a better battery, but it doesn't hold as much shit. The other one holds more stuff, but the battery doesn't last long. So Yeah. Um, and then I've been stealing yeah, there's the, long the mules trucks one. and using yep. those instead. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I started too. At first, I was like, I need a vehicle. And I just run into like a mule camp and be like, all right, I'm taking this. Yeah, thanks for the car. <laughs> um, you're you're already in the area, but one thing I love about the game that, that this is loosely inspired by Dark Souls, specifically leaving signs and stuff, which I love, um, is the whole social social aspect of the game. Um, you're alone, but you're not alone. You, and, you know, the journey is lonely, but not because you'll run into things that remind you that there's other people doing the same journey with you at the same time. Um, I also have NPCs now. Yeah. Other porters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's also like projects that you're working on and you build them. And some of those, not all of them I've, I've learned, but some of them will load into other people's worlds and some of theirs will load into yours. Yeah. There's things that I felt like were incomplete that people had built. And I'm like, why are people doing this? But I noticed they, in their world, they probably have a whole complete system yeah. that they've worked on and only some of it came over to you. So you might be able to use it uh, to expand upon it. But even like, you know, you're at the part where there's roads in the game. One, I came back to one of them finished. Yeah. And that's know. such yeah. a cool fucking thing because you're <clears throat> you're putting all this time and work into these roads and then you'll finish it. Not only are you driving on it, and you're like, this is fucking great. This oh. is a game changer. Yeah, game changer. But then also <laughs> it starts telling you, oh, people are using that road you built. So it loaded into like hundreds of people. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. And then you're getting likes on it and stuff. What the fuck? Where did all these fucking flies come from? Um <laughs> Anyway, um, they'll, yeah, you start seeing the benefits of it and then you'll be working on another road and you'll go and do something else. And we come back, I came back one time and the road was finished. I was like, oh, fucking awesome. Yeah. Like someone finished this up. And then another time I had completed two road sections and I went back, uh, to grab some shit, I came back and there are signs left, uh, near the road where people were like, oh, keep going and stuff. Yeah. And then I left signs uh, next to the next uh, hub where you can build the next road. And I left a couple signs saying like, oh, continue this, blah, blah, blah. And it was getting like likes and shit. So we were like all communicating with each other yeah. in our own worlds and stuff. And that's something that I haven't experienced. You know, you can play a game like Minecraft or something where we're all playing together and we're all just building and, and it's all benefiting stuff, uh, us and stuff. But in this, like, you're almost like very much in theme communicating to different dimensions of people. Yeah. It's intersecting and very much goes with the, like the whole, I don't, I don't know what verbiage I can even use, but the whole ha and ka of the game, which is something in the game. Yeah. I've noticed um, most of the time the sign, it seems like I would say probably a good, like 95% of the time the signs are helpful um, except for like, you know, the, the towns and hubs and stuff like that. They're just mm. there all over the place. Um, but like once I built roads, all of a sudden people were putting speed signs down on the road so you'd go faster yep on it uh the stamina ones would also be there too and you're just driving through in stamina and speed buffs essentially as you're going it was uh, threw me off at first when i was driving because i just boost also I'm like what the fuck was that yeah um i did run into a couple where people put signs down and i don't know if they were intentionally putting them in bad places or if maybe on their game something was happening in that spot but like there was a BT warning on one and mm -hmm. I like walked past it and I was like, where? 
and I kept walking. I was like, there's no BTs here, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's something I noticed a lot too. Like, it seems like anytime I've just unlocked some kind of new thing to build, uh, it, they start showing up in my world, which we were talking about. It almost seems like when you get access to that, that's when it starts revealing other people's, mm -hmm. uh, whatever that is, um, on the map. But, uh, sometimes I'll find ones that are just out in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. And it's almost like somebody was like testing it. Like, Oh, I wonder how this works. And they just left it there. Yeah. And I'm like, deleting it because i'm like ah, i don't want this here yeah i've yeah like i've had stuff built in the middle of pathways and stuff like yeah, yeah. That. dude put it to the side yeah <laughs> like why is it in the middle yeah but so. it's what I, anybody who knows me knows that when i play a game where you share a space and build though i like to have my own space because i have an idea i want to work on and i don't want anybody to interfere with it I, you know i want you to be nearby but i want you to stay over there but this game it's not that kind of game every time i see stuff people have built it's like a reminder that we're all the whole game is about connections mm. um connecting with people and stuff like that so it, it's very much in theme it's almost a really comforting thing to see that everybody else is in this fucking desolate ass wasteland that's gorgeous um everybody's there doing the same thing as you and it's it's a really cool reminder that i that i fucking yeah. love um graphically the game is fucking fantastic looking Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Decima engine already looked great. This game doesn't look like horizon zero dawn in any way. This game has a really photorealistic look to Easter it. Eggs. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but the landscapes, I've never seen landscapes that look like this in a game. No. Um, I also love that the terrain, some people don't like it. Um, the terrain is a gameplay mechanic. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's uh, yellow and red, uh, aspects to the terrain that, that, that go into play, um, which is a part of the journey, the struggle of getting from one point to another, um, that I love, but like sometimes if you're sitting still and you just look at the backgrounds, they're fucking really good looking. Oh, yeah. There's this really muted look to them that looks photorealistic. And then a lot of the mocapping, they weren't doing shit like that in fucking Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. Uh, the mocapping in this game, you know, sometimes it's pretty standard looking. It looks really good, but then other characters later in the game, like when you're talking to them, the, sometimes they look almost fucking real. And it really blew me away how much work they put into it and the the facial animations and stuff. I was watching people's foreheads creasing and uh, marks on their face and stuff when they're moving. And it's uh, I haven't really felt this way about facial mocapping since L.A. Noir, which is the one that kicked it off, essentially. Um, yeah. Well, and speaking on, on them doing a lot of mocapping animations, too, the amount of things that Sam himself does... Mm -hmm. even just like when traveling um blows my mind like the way he interacts with the the train all the time so yeah i don't know it's yeah. crazy they do a great job with that i also love this is the first thing i've seen norman Reedus in that i like him in i'm not a fan of the guy uh this is his perfect role because he's like a reluctant unsung hero type character um but he also is not like this like deep fucking like battle-hardened fucking badass character so like he talks like a normal dude all mm -hmm. the time and like he'll be walking he'll trip and be like fuck dude or like you know he like is really tired he sits down he's like trying to sleep and i wake him up which i always hate doing a lot of times i'll let him sleep i've let him sleep for an hour before <laughs> and he's sitting there talking in his sleep and shit i'm like yeah you need to rest for sure just chill out i'm gonna do something else i'm on my computer and shit um but uh He'll like wake up and as I'm like, as he's standing up, he's just like, fuck this dude. Like he's just like pissed. Cause like this it's, it's hard. It's rough. And I fucking, 
going along with like you know the animations of him doing stuff as he's traveling around it all just feels it makes him feel alive as a character yeah and it's really fucking cool like i love it like all the features we're talking about that you're experiencing i'm still like enamored by now where i'm at uh, after beating the story and i'm still very much enjoying all that it's like um there's enough things in there that that uh th- there's so many little details that none of it gets gets old or boring for yeah. me i fucking i i love the whole experience um but yeah i mean it's kind of hard to talk about this game because there's there's a lot of shit i would love to talk about but i'll save that for later um but uh yeah i'm gonna try to beat it by the end of the year so you definitely should um i really 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 want you to beat it um i <clears throat> vaguely uh again i beat it and i loved it like i said already but um it's it's gonna be hard to beat this game for me for game of the year just because I I get really attached to games that give me an emotional um, reaction. I get emotional with a lot of games. It's I mean you got some good music playing and some cool stuff happening in the story. I'm like oh this is cool. But this game like I uh, I mean everyone in this game who has dooms at some point will be crying because of things in the game. I I felt like I had fucking dooms on chapter fourteen. I was fucking <laughs> I I started playing that chapter. It's the epilogue chapter. And uh, I was just fucking playing, and I was just like, I was like, oh my god, dude, this is fuck. And like, it, it was just a fucking beautiful experience, man. I'm not getting that from another game this year. No game is gonna do that for me. Yeah. So I got to beat some more games. I've beaten some games already, but like that, that kind of shit is what I live for. Like, you know, I'm a big uh, movie dude. And I love dramatic movies the most. They're my favorite. Anything that, that that is just really powerful. This game did that for me, which it was great because a lot of the game is like confusing and it's on purpose confusing. Um, the game, you know, throws you some curveballs and shit like Kojima does, but he does a really good job. He learned his lessons after Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, of uh, clarifying things. And um, he ends up creating this uh, this experience that's, that's very, very... Uh, uh, impacting and I think the best the biggest reason why it is I'm being vague I, I know but um, is because that aspect of the journey from beginning to end walking on foot uh, creating things to make that journey easier uh, working and connecting people uh, to get to that point it all it, that's some people don't like that aspect of like you got to walk everywhere you don't you don't have to it's a, like that's only if you're choosing not to build infrastructure to make your life easier if you want to fly through the game you're gonna walk because you're gonna go in a straight line but if you want to make it easier for yourself and not have to do that walking you'll spend more time in in areas for sure yeah Yeah. but i mean you you can get to a point where you're not really walking a whole lot anymore and i would argue in most games you walk everywhere i mean you play an mmo you're walking a lot this one just has a it has mechanics to make it feel like you're fucking frodo going to goddamn throw the ring in yeah Um, and and it feels like that and like what was brought up earlier like there is combat in the game too, and it's just not the yeah, it's not the focus point is all. But it can be. I mean, like yeah. you can fucking go like there's all sorts of shit that comes in later that you would find in any fucking third person shooter. Yeah. Um, it's a stealth game. I creep around all the fucking time yeah. and take people out, out with my strand and stuff, yep. and it's satisfying. This motherfucker has a pedigree in stealth game, so it feels good. Um, any kind of like point and aim combat, being vague again feels good it feels yeah. tight like it all it all is oh yeah great. i'm having a blast with the weapon i unlocked yeah so. it's awesome yeah. um it's all gratifying fucking uh the horror elements with the bts i still enjoy it um 
I appreciate it. <laughs> it, beca- it, it becomes uh, different. The, la- the, the, the When you walked Later. out and I was playing today, I wasn't as on edge, but it's because I could defend myself. So Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and that's part of the journey. And yeah. I love that aspect. And that journey, doing that for 60 fucking hours for me in my case, and getting to this result, uh, it, it, I felt just like if you read a book, a lot of people like books over movies. I think they're different um, in the way they tell stories, but obviously, but uh, a lot of people get really invested in books. You spend so much time in that world, just like an RPG, you spend so much time in that world. And this, I spent so much time getting somewhere with people and connecting people and meeting people and creating relationships with people in that game that um, everything's earned. A lot of times in stories, I'm like, that kind of sucked because it doesn't feel earned. There's like, this is a thing that happened that happens in stories. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's move on. But in this, everything's fucking earned. You feel everything about it. I, I really need to do an episode where I talk like about specifics. Um, one thing I also want to shout out too, I love the fucking, not only the soundtrack, which is fantastic. Um, it's fucking made for me though. Uh, the sound design's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, when they touch stuff, when they're walking on stuff, there's sound for everything. Audio Some games will, left and right, yeah. will skip that shit all day. A lot of games are just like, yeah, you got to have like walking sound effects. But other than that, but like in this, like in cinematics, people are grabbing stuff. You hear the sounds of everything. You got to, you got to do all that. You got to record all those sounds and put it in the game. And a lot of people don't do that shit, um, which I really appreciate. Uh, it is very Japanese in the sense that people make a lot of noises when they do anything. They're like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah. And like, you know, I, I'm not doing that in my life. Maybe you are. I don't know. But um, but uh, at the same time, though, they had to do all that fucking, uh, you know, voice acting and, and audio recording, stuff like that uh, for it. So I appreciate it. Um, but I really love the fucking soundtrack. It's amazing. This is like I don't know another game that has like promoted a band so much. They literally <laughs> took almost all of Low Roar's discography. I've listened to all their albums. I love Low Roar. And they're all in this fucking game. And it's great because I love every song I've ever heard by Low Roar. Like I said, I've listened to their whole discography many times. And every time one of the songs roll out, I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I'm just like walking and then something will happen. BTs will show up and the song will go away. I'm like, God damn it. Just keep playing the song. I don't don't fucking cut me off like that. Draw me nuts when that happens. It's also really good about when to, to put a song in. It's so good, dude. I love the timing. I would say to use the example in the first zone when you're you're – coming up that hill finally you get past all the bts and you get the you get the view you get you know oh yeah and the music starts slowly coming in and it's almost like the sun is rising and stuff i don't oh, know yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's just amazing like, that's a good scene good job and it's perfect too because like I, I i'm gonna emphasize again i already love this band a lot yeah so like it's just like think of a band you love and then in a game someone just starts playing songs from that band and you know all those songs and you have favorite songs and those songs are on the soundtrack too because a lot of times you're like Oh, they didn't have like my favorite song. They have them all. Every <laughs> song by Low Roar pretty much is in this fucking game. I see like Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. I'm like, all right. I love that fucking song. Um, you know, fucking I'll Keep Coming is in there, of course. I was so happy when I heard that. I'm like, all right. That's the one that started it all. Um, and uh, I don't, it's really neat. It's really neat. And I hope, I mean, I'm sure Low Roar does appreciate it because before this, they're relatively unknown. But now they're not. Yeah, they're They're the soundtrack of a whole fucking game. Um, which is really cool. The, One couple, that either love or hate is getting talked about. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, this is huge advertising It's a great deal. I wonder if other bands are going to go, Hey, can we just do the whole sound? I mean, health did the soundtrack to max Payne three and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Health is fucking fantastic. 
But uh, and it's funny. Health was a different band before Max Payne 3. They made the soundtrack to Max Payne 3. And they're like, this is what we sound like now. And all their albums just sound like Max Payne 3 now. I'm like, that's cool. Because that was great. The stuff before was fine. But it's weird how that defined them. Um, and then Churches does a song that's really fucking good um, in it. I just, I love the music. But I also love the 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 game music. Not just like the soundtrack, but like the the score that was made for the game. It's very Kojima. That's very mm. modern and digital. And like that kind of shit. I love that. Um yeah, it's just it's visually, audio wise, it's a fucking pleasure to play. I like the gameplay. That's the divisive part, divisive part of it. But I really enjoy it. It's very methodical. It's very meditative. Um, I literally could sit there and just play that all day. I, I did yeah. many times. I was just like playing, it. and then when you get the storyline, I say every time I turn it on, I that's what I'm doing all of a sudden. Yeah. So, yeah, and it. like missions can take like 35 minutes to complete. So yep. time just fucking lies and if you're me and you can't just walk in a straight line i'll be going i was i'm like oh there's some metal i veer off and i grab it and i go back to where i was my path and i go oh there's some whatever that crystal thing is you gather chiral crystals yeah, yeah. grab that go look for oh 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 hey i'm heading that way anyways i'll deliver that package <laughs> yeah a lot of times i'm just fucking just running across like fucking goku or something as a kid and fucking i'll just like just be snatching shit up as i'm running <laughs> and at the point where i don't veer off to grab stuff unless there's something like i'm like ooh, that's something i really need yeah but uh but you get to the point where you're just kind of like you got an eye for specifically chiral crystals i mean anytime i see those i'm like fucking snatching them up i got like three or four thousand of that shit right now yeah well i would say you spend it at, in like the four five and six hundred at a time range yep. though so yeah i grab those anytime i see them um unless they're way out there i'm just like oh, whatever um any zones where it rains often enough you can just come back after a while there'll be a shit ton of them mm -hmm. so but uh <clears throat> yeah i don't you, know you kill bts with grenades do you get them yes okay. yes just making sure i don't think you're killing them because well, you're non-lethal so i think you're just banishing them you're releasing them <laughs> yeah they're in like a limbo yeah. that's why they give you a like when they go away i didn't see that i wasn't I was too yeah, busy when they disappear, it goes uh, BT one like. Oh, okay. So you're sending them essentially. So you're Ghostbusters. Yeah. Huh? Because it's that whole idea of limbo. Yeah. They're stuck there. So huh. they want to die. They want to leave. But they want to take you with them. <laughs> it's complicated. I'm not going to talk about that. But um, yeah. I love it. I love the whole life and death uh, theme of the game, but also the connection theme. But uh, Kojima is a, a fucking he's he's a fucking he's a goth boy. He likes a lot of goth music. He likes all that life and death shit and people fucking crying black tears and shit. Yeah. I'm all for it. I love it, too. I'm, I'm also a goth boy. So from fucking recovering goth kid. But uh, yeah, the whole imagery of that shit. I fucking I, I love the whole idea of like, you know dimensions but also like people passing to another yeah um, yeah i don't know releasing people from limbo and shit it's cool um the whole beach idea is fucking wild but i, I kind of get it i pretty much get it now for sure um there's some things i beat the game i'm still just like thinking about it 
like how yeah how and, and i need to sit down and play it obviously yeah. some more but um i was gonna say looking at the clock i wish probably move forward move forward yeah one thing i want to say before we move forward because i i, I want to do just an episode talking about this because i have so much to say on it but um i can talk about every fucking detail of it uh I really love all the performances in it. Everybody who was in this game did a fantastic job. Every single fucking person, even Norman Reedus. I really liked him in it. I liked everybody in this. Um, I forgot his name, but the guy who plays Die Hardman, though, uh, something Lee Jenkins, I think. Uh, he especially does a fantastic job uh, in certain story uh, parts of the game. Um which is a big surprise because I didn't see a whole lot of people talking about him. Everybody's talking about Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen, who's fantastic as well in the game. But uh, uh, I was just thoroughly impressed with like they didn't have anybody half-ass their performances in this. No one's talking it, about Troy Baker, huh? No one's talking about Troy Baker. Honestly, I think he's the biggest. Uh, he's not a waste in it. He's definitely good, but I wish he had more. Oh, okay, as a character. Um, cause Troy Baker's fucking proven. Yeah. I don't got to fucking go like, ah, he did good in this. He does good in everything. He does good in this as well, but I wish he had more. Uh, he, he feels, you yeah, know, I've only gotten a taste from him so far. And sure. I really and he, liked his tone. Yeah. No, he's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. But like when you're looking at the other characters though, and how much there is to them, um, there's so much more to get from the other characters with him. Yeah, I can't talk about it a whole lot, but there's just, I want more from him because yeah. I already know what trade I, I fucking last of us is one of my favorite games ever fucking made. And he is my favorite part of that fucking game. Ellie's great too, obviously, but, um, but yeah, Troy Baker's fantastic. So knowing what he can do with like Joel, um, it was cool to see him play like a villain though. Mm. So, um, which I, which I digged. Um, same with, uh, Nolan in, uh, last of us which is really cool to see yeah because yeah, he was fucking creepy in that i'm like oh you got yeah. a dark side okay um but if you watch retro rewind fucking quick, yeah he's quick full plug, of the dark side quick plug for them um <laughs> i love both of them uh yeah he's he's full of dark humor i'm like all right he's one of he's one of us cool because that's how i am um also shout out to bb he's like my new fucking favorite character of fucking games in general he's just been creeping me out lately i yeah. love bb so much game decided to show me a bunch of random crap from him all of a sudden so oh yeah <laughs> i i specifically like the one where you fucking knock and he goes and then he knocks some more he goes and then he yeah you watch oh, i watch you watch it and he starts headbutting the fucking yeah. glass yeah, that was and norman reese i like it because like fucking he like almost looks like bruce lee he's like bah, 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 and starts punching the glass and then fucking, and when I first saw it, I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. Because Norman Reese is like, bop, bop, hitting the glass really hard. I'm like, careful, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And then when he starts like punching quickly, BB, fuck, he starts backing up and he starts headbutting the shit. And when he fucking breaks it, <laughs> it makes a scary music and shit because it's like odd. But I've seen it a couple times now because they'll, they'll, they'll happen randomly. Mm-hmm. But uh, he just kind of like leans out and he's just looking. And he's like, uh. And he's like looking at you. And I'm like, he just wants a hook, dude. Pull him out. He's fine. He's wanted out. He needs some fucking air. But yeah. I don't think that's how he works. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Um, You saw the Guillermo del Toro one? Yeah. Yeah, that one, that one creeps that me gross. out. Yeah. Because he's like, oh. I'm just like, the. But, uh, but yeah, so, so far, or not so far. I fucking beat it, but I, I'm still going to play it. I fucking love this game a lot. 
I'll I will get into details on that. Uh, I do want to do a review of some kind because I want to give it a finite uh, representation of how much I like it. Um, you're liking it, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. You seem to be enjoying it. No, it, it's great. Um, <clears throat> the pace is totally me though. So I I love it. Yeah. But when people are like when they're fair about it, they're like, ah, oh, I don't like it. It's not for me. It's boring. I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's cool. And people are like, oh, it's fucking sucks. I've never played it, but fuck, it sucks. I'm like, eh. I can do the same thing in eh. No Man's Sky all day. Not to necessarily compare the two games. but I like, made that comparison before the game came out. Yep. I'm like, this game's going to be No Man's Sky. It's going to come out, and people are going to buy it, and they're going to go, what the fuck? And I'm like, eh, you no, see, I can action. just wander around a planet in No Man's Sky, no problem. So it's yeah. the same thing for me. I'm <laughs> just like, all right, let's go check this out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let us know in the comments. Have you played Death Stranding? Do you plan on playing it? Do you not want to play it? Uh, do you like it? Do you not like it? Uh, why is that? Have you beaten it? No con- or no no spoilers, please, in the comments. Um, I really want people to be able to experience this uh, on their own. Um, and, uh, yeah, did you watch someone play it? I know a couple of people who have watched it and liked it, watched it and didn't like it. Uh, I would really, really me- recommend, though, I think I think the, the result of the end is so much more earned if you experience the journey on your own. Some people might not be able to do it. I get that. But um, I would really recommend you play the game um, because I think it's so much better when you struggled to get uh, Apparently where you're going. Apparently chapter three yeah. at the very least. So. Yeah. Everybody says get past chapter three. Um, and yeah, I, I would also hope some people start viewing it slightly different because it's not, it's not just a walking game. That's that's such a simplistic way to put it. So, um, but I'll talk about that in more detail later. So let me know everything you're thinking about uh, in the comments below when it comes to Death Stranding. And uh, if you want to hear more from me about it, do you want a review? Do you want to have, you want to hear a general discussion? Do you want to wait till Chevy beats it? We can just talk about the whole thing. Uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Uh, okay, so uh, I uh, alluded to this before, but uh, Half Life Alex has been confirmed. The video came out, and um, we're gonna watch the trailer for it. And we're going to watch Jeff Keighley talk about it. We probably should skip this and do a different episode. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Half-Life Alex. um, And we'll go into the details of what that is specifically in case anybody's out of the loop somehow. But first off, I feel like we should probably watch the trailer um, before we get into the details. And then we're going to watch Jeff Keighley talk with them about uh, pretty much why they're, they're making this game. Um, so yeah, uh, any thoughts on this before we go into it? Um, I don't think you're the biggest, not to say negatively, but well, like, no, I, I straight up, I'm, I'm not a, this is, I'm not their audience like, yeah. at all. And I don't have anything negative to say about half-life. It's just not my game. Sure. Like, so the one I always bring up is like gears, you know, if yeah. you like gears, I'm never going to sit there and be like, Oh, fuck it sucks. But I'm just, I'm not into it. It's not for me. Yeah. And that's rare. I, I'm, I'm into most games and I've tried both, uh, you know, speaking of the, the main titles in the series there mm-hmm. so um i just yeah they just didn't really do it for me but i also if you've been watching the channel and, and if not you're finding out now i don't play a lot of shooters unless they're um they offer something like very he- like i guess a good example is like bioshock infinite offered a like a tremendous story you want a narrative yeah you want to or i want to play story. with someone yeah no, that's pretty much it and th- not to say half of it doesn't have a story because it absolutely does but i don't think it's it told in a way does. that uh Makes me want to continue. Yeah, I mean that—that's the uh, limitation of the time it came out, though. But yes. it was revolutionary, and it's—I mean, Half-Life Two. Uh, I didn't even appreciate it as much as I should have when it first came out. Um, graphically, I did. I was like, "Oh, this looks amazing." But uh, what it did for telling stories in first-person shooters uh, led the way to pretty much what 
every game this versus shooter does now the way that call of duty revolutionized multiplayer and the standards of leveling up and shit and yeah. perks uh you know uh, half-life 2 absolutely did that i remember playing half-life uh when i was a kid the original and i fucking loved it it was kind of a, like horror-esque it was kind of creepy 2 also has those elements in it it had a story to tell sci-fi i'm fucking i've always been into sci-fi and as a shooter i love shooters so i loved half-life when i was a kid mm -hmm. um, i'm not a huge lore junkie i'm not like super into it but i did like it a lot when i was younger and then half-life 2 came out um amazing looking when it came out i think it still looks pretty decent it's old now but it's still i think it's aged really well for for it being as old as it is um and the storytelling there um what they did for uh you know the mod community when it comes to the games that came out like team team fortress and shit uh, i mean half-life's a fucking is an institution it's it's really an important part of gaming mm. um regardless of if you're into it or not um like i said i'm not the biggest fan of half-life but i like it a lot um it's just crazy that we are getting a half-life game even if it is a weird way to get a half-life game we're getting a full-length Half-Life game. You know they're scared shitless to put a three on that, man. They actually said that recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of sketchy to hear. That kind of sucks to hear. But um, one thing that, that I've talked about this before, but um, they've been working on Source Engine 2 for a while, and I figured that's why we're not getting those sequels we want. It's because they want to make a brand-new engine because when Source came out and they're making Half-Life 2 and shit, people are like, whoa. Um they're working on a new engine. They've been working on it for years. We're finally getting a game on that engine with Half-Life Alex. I think we're going to start seeing games released by Valve again. This is um, just kind of testing the water. I think this is yeah. the first one of many. I think we're going to get Left 4 Dead 3 finally. I think we're going to I think we will get Half-Life 3 now. They got up their fucking games Left 4 Dead, but yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. But uh I'm just excited they they you don't build a fucking engine from the ground up if you're not ready to fucking make games unless you're Konami and you stole Kojima's engine. And, and just didn't do shit with it because you're a fucking piece of shit. Um, but uh, but I, I I got high hopes for this. Um, you know I am in the market for a VR game. Um, I have uh, PSVR. I have the Vive. Um, and do you think this is gonna be a way for them to try and sell the Index, which is uh, Valve's um, uh, VR headset? Um, I think it might work because oddly enough, I was kind of skeptical. People are saying really positive things about this. And people who talk shit about it, people are like, it's like that Half-Life community got woken up again. It's weird. People are like, oh, it's only fucking VR. And they're like, well, it has to be revolutionary. Half-Life 2 was. And I'm like, damn, everybody's like, fuck Half-Life. I can't believe they haven't made a new one. And now people are like, we'll take it. So it's, it's weird. <laughs> they re they reactivated that community. Um, <laughs> are they sleeper cells? Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> people just, the last game came out 12 fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. The hype is fucking dead. Oh, yeah. And then this was being rumored. People are like, it's VR. And then they showed it. We haven't watched it yet. But people are pretty happy. Apparently, it's supposed to be a full length as long as Half-Life 2 VR game. There's not a lot of that. They don't exist. Yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy. I mean, technically, like Skyrim and Fallout and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But those are like conversions. Like, this is yeah. a full from the ground Designed up. Designed for it. Yeah. Immersive experience on a brand new engine. So, it's it's... I feel really mixed on it. I'm definitely excited for it. So we should probably just watch this so yep. we can talk about it. So uh, I just want people to, you know, know where we stand when it comes to Half-Life. All right, ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Brand new engine. 
So what's the plan? If we can get this weapon, what we're doing here could change things forever. It is weird to see this no world the in these graphics now. I'm gonna head inside, find a way out. Got it. I'm with you every step of the way. You're gonna need a gun. Don't worry, it's unloaded. It's unloaded now. Damn. I'm already sold. There's no way it's gonna look that good on VR. They're showing it like that, so it's gotta. That looks really fucking good. Yeah. Oh god. They've got Dad. They're gonna find out what he knows. Oh yeah, this serves as a prequel to Half-Life 2. All this is my fault. I never told you. Amazing Alex. From the yeah. Alex Vance alone cannot predict his fate. Close your eyes, honey. Is that it? There's still like another oh. 10 seconds there, yeah. I saw a picture on Twitter showing uh, all three um, versions of him from the original Half-Life, Half-Life 2, and this. And uh, it's really wild to see that reimagining of him in better graphics over and over and over again. And it's 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 crazy. I think he still looks good in fucking Half-Life 2, though, like when I saw that picture. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about the story, so obviously that him showing up. Like, I recognize that's, him. That's that's a big hype thing for like anybody who's probably like super into yeah. it. I think it's neat, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that that was actually aside from the VR thing, which I'm still kind of like confused about because I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's like one percent of Steam users are on VR of some kind. That's not a big demographic, so right. they get they're really hoping people are going to be buying VR headsets for this. But um, from what I saw though, graphics look fucking really good. They do not just for VR because it's kind of hard. You have to render two separate games at once in VR to make it work, and uh, so it's really fucking. Um, it takes a lot of resources. Um, but you know, it, it didn't look just good for VR. It looked fucking really good in general. If that was just a first person shooter, that would look fantastic. Uh, the animations look great. The lighting was really good. Um, it got me excited, man, because fucking Valve hasn't made shit in forever. They right. did uh, Artifact, what the fuck is called? Was that card, card game? game yeah. yeah, based off Dota, I believe. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't want that shit. Give me, give me what you <laughs> fucking used to make. Give me what you got. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> the humor there was cool. Uh, the the fidelity of everything. Everything looked so smooth and well animated and yes. just fucking triple A shit. I mean, like it looked really fucking good. It didn't look at all to me like, Hey, we should just make like a, cause they made the lab, mm -hmm. uh, which was really neat. Um, but, uh, there's nothing about that. That seems like we got to cash in. We got to make some money or something like that. They're making plenty of money. Um, and if you're going to do something with half life, you can't disappoint. People will fucking hate you. Yeah. If you made them wait 12 years and then when here's this shit, <laughs> it would really piss people off so um I'll, I'll get to play it which is cool i'm excited to be able to play it i f i feel weird about that there's a lot of people who are not going to be able to play this i think it's kind of a weird thing for them to do but at the same time valve has been on the forefront of fucking pushing vr yeah but they're, they're also looking ahead because if you they are um i saw somewhere the list of devices supported for the game and uh it includes microsoft's uh, augmented reality thing that's not even out yet or weird it was microsoft something i can't remember huh. but it, it was listed on there i was like that's not even out so 
Um, they've already got plans. It seems like for what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I imagine too, with the, cause like you said, it looks really good for a VR game. The new consoles are coming out too. Sure. The new graphic cards are out. They're probably a lot of times PC gaming is held back by consoles and they're, we're getting past that point right now. So mm-hmm. we're going to be able to get that push again. And maybe this is what we're seeing in the VR department in that push. So. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, but Valve you, but, makes those in like source ran on everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, but a lot of the limitations also come from the headset it's, uh, right. itself, but at the same time, your computer can be upgraded. So yeah. it's just the resolution you can see, but you can still up those graphics. Um, so yeah, and that, that is interesting to bring up the new consoles coming out because it obviously coincides with it. It's the perfect time to be releasing something like this alongside the hype of new consoles mm-hmm. uh, that will be able to play it. Um, it'd be cool to see us on PSVR. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Vive, of course. Uh, I know they were talking about they have a new technology they're working on with gloves. They want to use that in this game. So it'd be a perfect time to fucking sell that as well. For sure. Uh, it'd be a good reason to push Vive to do the same since they used to work together. Yeah. Um, and HTC apparently got real stingy. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird situation. Um, but yeah, all in all, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. I do, oddly enough, I'm I'm one of those sleeper cells when it comes to Half Life. There's an excitement there I haven't felt in a long time when it comes to Half Life. That was really weird. Yeah. Uh, just returning to that. I mean, it's become it's been a meme for fucking years that Half-Life's just not going to come also, back. the meme itself is dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Like, the meme existed for years that we're never going to get it, and now it's just fucking gone. And then when they're like, oh, this might be coming out, we're like, uh, uh, you guys remember that whole thing where, like, you look at patterns and you're like, oh, Half-Life 3 is going to get revealed? And they're kind of, like, just kind of remembering that old meme. Yeah. I'm like, this is a dinosaur of a fucking meme that people are just kind of, like, remembering. Or and, Valve won't touch the number three. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I'm feeling hopeful, though. Uh, aside from it only being for VR, uh, which is weird, outside of that, it looks fucking cool. And if it's a full game, that's fucking wild. Um, for time's sake, we should probably go into the information on this real quick. Okay. Uh, just, you know, if you got opinions or whatever, fucking throw no, them no, out no. there. What would you think, though? Like, do you, you thought it looked good? It looks cool. Um, um, I won't be able to play that. <laughs> yeah, especially if there's any horror elements. That jump v- right in the beginning, I was like, that's never getting on my face. Four <laughs> games don't do shit to me typically, unless there's like some kind of like build up to make me not want to walk forward anymore. But like jump scares are fucking weak. But uh, cause you play the game again, that jump scares wasted. It's over. But, um, but fucking VR is a whole different fucking monster yeah. when you're playing horror games. Cause you're, you're in it. You can't turn your head. You can close your fucking eyes if you want to. But like, <laughs> other than that, like you're there, you got to take the headset off. So, uh, it, it I've jumped, in games that aren't even scary in VR. So, uh, so yeah, according to you, GameSpot, Half-Life Alex, what is it? Uh, they say Half-Life Alex is a full-length entry in the Half-Life series. According to Valve, it was officially available on Thursday, November, blah, whatever. Uh, release date, Half-Life Alex's release window is March 2020. So, not that far away. Um, according to its... God, 2020's coming up. That's so fucking crazy. Uh, according to its Steam page, we don't have an exact confirmed release date just yet, but the game's Steam page is currently running a 10% off pre-purchase promotion that ends March 30th, uh, which would suggest it's coming out March 30th or 31st. This is just speculation based on the information available on the Steam page. Platforms. Uh, Valve Index. HTC Vive. Vive. Got it. Uh, Windows Mixed Reality. I don't know what that is. That's not their... Uh, their augmented thing has a different name. 
So I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know either. Maybe it's just something. I don't know. Uh, Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest with PC and link cable. Because, yeah, your, your, your normal Oculus Quest thing's not going to be able to run that. So you need something to fucking run that game. Unless they do a downgraded version. Um, exclusive. Is VR required? Yes. Half-Life Alex is a VR exclusive. You won't be able to play it without owning one of the supported headsets. Outlined above, Valve is insistent that it simply would not work outside of VR. So it seems like they, they have a vision that they it can't be compromised. They want this to be VR. So um, I can kind of uh, get behind that specifically that it's not like Half-Life 3 is only VR. This is their own thing. But it's crazy. It's a whole fucking... Um, game uh controls how do you play half-life alex it seems valve is trying to make the experience as accessible to players especially vr newcomers as possible too you'll be able to play half-life alex in room scale sitting or standing and movement controls include teleport which lets you i never do that shit i hate it uh in vr you can hold a button and there'll be a circle when you let go you teleport to that spot it's a really common one that makes people that's the one that makes the least amount of people sick uh shift which lets you smoothly move between two points that was in doom VR, I believe it lets you kind of like move. Yeah. Um, from point to point, similar to that continuous, which lets you use, sorry, the analog stick to freely walk or run around, which is the way I typically play VR games. Uh, half-life Alex also features two controller styles, finger tracking and trigger based. The trigger tracking style is unique to some VR controllers like valve index controllers, uh, keyboard and mouse controls are not supported. So you're not playing this with the keyboard and mouse, uh, free bonus content, how to get half-life Alex gun skins and more half-life Alex comes with free bonus content, including environments from the game in your steam vr home space alternate gun skins for half-life alex and half-life alex themed content probably more gun skins but that's just our speculation for counter-strike global offensive csgo um, anyone who plays already knows that uh to get the free bonus content you need to have already owned or buy a valve index vr headset by the end of 2019 so if you're trying to make a decision on which vr headset to buy that's one factor to measure which is fair uh price pre-order discount and how to get half-life alex for free half-life alex is a fully priced pc game at 60 dollars. though if you pre-order you can get it for 10 percent off through March 30th, 2020, so you have a while. Uh, bring the price down to $53.99. Want to bring the price way down and get Half-Life Alex for free? Buy a Valve Index, Valve's newest VR headset, or just buy the Valve Index controllers. You don't even need the full VR kit. Already own the Valve Index or your controllers. Congrats, you already own Half-Life Alex. So there, this, this is absolutely a promotion for you to buy the Index, uh, which is actually kind of cool. How's if you're that? like, I really want to get that, and I'm thinking about buying VR, you can just buy the VR and you'll get the game. Yeah. So it reminds me of when you buy video cards. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is smart. It's a really uh, good way to push VR, which I think needs to happen. I think Sony's been doing a fucking phenomenal job supporting the PSVR. Um, That'd be great when their hardware gets better. Yeah, definitely. Like definitely. But they have they have not given up on that. No one has. And it's because if you play enough VR, you really realize, even though it's not fully there yet, it's the future, 100%. Um, there's some really fucking cool shit that the VR offers that is just like the next step in gaming. You'll do both still, but like VR is a different fucking thing. Um, story. When does Half-Life Alex take place? According to Valve, Half-Life Alex is a full length Half-Life game set between Half-Life and Half-Life 2. You play as Alex Vance. Um, a tweet that Valve said says set between the events of Half-Life and Half-Life 2, Alex Vance and her father, uh, Eli discover a secret that leads them into the heart of the Combine's uh, occupation of City 17, um, which is cool. 
Rumors, what up? What led up to Alex or Half-Life Alex's announcement? The most recent rumors, which eventually culminated in Valve's official announcement. We don't need to talk about that. Why? Why kind of thing? And uh, and then yeah. Valve's history with VR, so. which they have an extensive history with VR, and they've talked for a while now. They had multiple projects they're working on. It's really cool to see that they are working on a AAA full game, uh, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Overall. Um, that free copy with the index thing makes sense. VR headsets aren't cheap, um, but also it makes sense that um, they, they want people to own VR headsets. I would recommend you own one if you have the budget for it. I think they're fucking cool. Um, And uh, if you are someone who's, who really wants that fucking game and you think about what headset should I buy? That's a fucking great incentive to buy the index. Yeah. Um, Especially because they got that controller. They're also working on with the gloves or whatever. That's fucking cool. It's always something I'm keeping my eye on because um, I would love – I can't obviously can't do the room, room scale, uh, but the the sitting you know, version of VR, even if you can still have like something like glove controllers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. I don't need to be standing. So, Yeah. I like the standing, but uh, it can be a workout sometimes, yeah. which is good. I mean, people should be fucking moving and shit, but some games I'm just like, damn, I'm actually moving. I forgot what, the, what that's like. I move every day. But um, – <laughs> But it's, it's weird to be playing a game and going like, ooh, I'm actually fucking feeling it. Yeah. But, Been a while. DDR. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, anything else you want to say on that? No. No. Yeah. Pretty neat. Pretty neat stuff. Pretty interested. Uh, we have a video we're going to watch real quick. And I hope real quick. It's 20 minutes. Do we have time for that? Uh, just do it. All right. Let's go. Hey, guys. It's Jeff Keeley. And I am here at Valve in Seattle, Washington. This is we such a special early. day for me and I'm sure for many of you because Valve is ready to reveal its next project. In 1997, when I was going to college, uh, I came up here explain what this video Seattle is, but he's doing it, so. and the team when they were making their first game, of course, Half-Life. And I wrote a story about the making of it called That's The weird. Final Hours yeah. of Half-Life. I did it again for Half-Life 2, and today, I'm happy to announce that in 2020, I will be writing another final hours about the next project. So what is it? Well, it's a new Half-Life project. It's called Half-Life Alex, a full-blown virtual reality prequel to Half-Life 2. And right here on floor 14, just off the lobby, for the past few years, a team of more than 50 folks at Valve have been working in absolute secrecy building this project. We're working on it right here now. I've been up here quietly over the past couple of years chronicling the development of that game. Uh, I'm sure you have lots of questions about this. I can't believe it's actually happening. Um, And today we're going to give you a little bit of a taste of what's been going on at Valve over the past decade, why now is the right time to talk about this project and bring it out in 2020. Here we go. I know there's, we'll get into this in the final hours, but there have been a lot of other games that you guys have worked on yeah. in the past nine years that people have just never heard about or never shipped, right? Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, along the way, um, building Source 2, we tried uh, various uh, games in different franchises. Um, and each of them kind of moved the engine forward in some way yeah. uh, and explored some idea. Um, and they were all backburnered, you know, for good reasons, I think. Um, but they were more like milestones yeah. along the way to get to where we are now with uh, Half-Life Alex, um, And it, I think it'd be really fun to delve into those. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, we will. Yeah, we'll let be, I think some people think that, you know, oh, Valve's off, you know, counting its money or not, you know, 
not making games. And, and you guys, you know, been here working on a bunch of projects. Um, Every day. But then I think it, you know, brings obviously to this one and like, you know, why this, why now? Um, and, you know, some people would probably cynically say like, oh, you know, Valve has to go back to making games now that, you know, Epic's chipping away at Steam. Which even if that know, was the case, uh, that'd be a good thing. That's not what happened. But can For you sure. maybe kind of talk about like how you got to the point of like Half-Life Alex and we'll get into the fact that it's VR and whatnot, but how did this sort of begin as an idea? I almost like nervous. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to go I mean, back to like, around 2016 or so this when the live thing, shipped, right? Talk about making I games, not often. Our feeling well, after we shipped with the Vibe a camera on them and, and a lab, guy who's known uh, for being an interviewer. I think they understand the fucking gravity of what the game they're a bunch of releasing. The time, which was like, where the, where's the big VR title? Right? Where's yeah. the thing? Like, a lot of people could see the promise of the VR as, VR as a platform, but well, the lab was right. awesome. I love that. That's like an experiment, right? Yeah, happy with the lab. I think the lab was, I think, a combination of our our uh, efforts at understanding the mechanics of VR and I think in a lot of it labs you know, neat but it's whole, it's very much content, like other VR experimentation and mechanics uh, of VR. things that have come out it's, uh, it's think, a toy I mean, so to show it's proof of concept big VR game one of the things is neat though lab was really well done we check it out was a big game we thought one of those other great indie devs and so on were making great VR games as well and so it seemed like to us that a bunch of people were asking, where's the big sort of all-encompassing content yeah. sprawl that you get in a big AAA title of some kind? High production uh, values. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, yeah. And, you know, there are many reasons why it was, was and still is hard to justify building something of that scope uh, in VR. We felt like that was a role we could That's also exciting, too, because, like, uh, how many you know, fucking AAA developers have uh, put time into making in a full game on VR? Yeah. I mean, like Santa Monica made um, into something that we made some little thing, but it's like it was a pet project. I think Insomniac has made so a ba- yeah, back in yeah. and they're all like pet projects. It's neat, but like uh, we shipped the lab. If anybody's like, we're making a big ass fucking VR game, um, it's exciting. On, yeah, you know what other things we could do with. I just remember when Gabe was saying we're working on like two or three VR things or yeah. something. There was like ideas, and yeah. so was it. So it wasn't like let's do a half life VR game. It was like let's do a big no. VR game. No, it was definitely let's do a big VR game. Okay, and then. We explored different franchises. Uh, we kind of ruled out multiplayer just because of the small audience for VR. Right. And uh, I mean, other other issues as well with VR avatars and things like that. Yeah. Um, and we kind of settled on like Portal or Half Life uh, as interesting. And Portal is so much about you know flinging yourself through space and through portals um, that we thought, well, we're going to make a bunch of people sick with this game. <laughs> I would love like, that shit. It would be fucking crazy. Like that was in the portal universe and that kind of worked, but you're right, like yeah. a full-on portal game. Yeah, a full-on portal game seemed challenging. And yeah. and, um, and then we looked at Half-Life and, and kind of the DNA of that product and uh, a bunch of the uh, elements seemed really enhanced by VR. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Half-Life is about this cadence of um, story combat, puzzle, exploration, yeah. interaction, yeah. you know, uh, environmental art, um, vistas, things like that. And they all seem to be enhanced or, or reinvented in interesting ways by, uh, by VR. Yeah. And so as we explored that, uh, I mean, you guys were, uh, I wasn't on the team at the time, but yeah. you guys were doing the prototype. 
Yeah, with Dario yeah. and a small group of us. We, built, we basically literally started with Half-Life Assets, so Half-Life right. 2 Assets. So we built this short, like, 15-minute, I think it was our... Our intention yeah, was to basic. build 15 minutes of a Half-Life experience using right. Half-Life's textures, Half-Life Assets. I think we stole Counter-Strike's gloves that they, were, they hadn't even shipped yet in Counter-Strike at the time. Uh, so the combat stuff. Sorry. No, we needed hands for that. Right, uh, yeah. So, but yes, it, all the combat stuff in the game was just running straight Half-Life 2 AI, just in VR. Yeah. All and the assets were 12 years old. Yeah, it wow. was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was. No, I was saying, I remember... Very like, nostalgic. Over the <laughs> yeah. years, I've always been wondering, it's like, oh, when are they going to touch those assets? Or, like, secretly I'd ask about, like, you know, getting the G-Man for something, and it's like, see if they had a new model. But no, it's like the same yeah, model from, same like, way, yeah, you know... Yeah. To, I mean, Dara, you were on the, you know... Shipping the original game when I was here in like 19, you know, 97. Um, you know, even though you guys said, hey, it would be cool Kyle's to do something Half-Life with this, you know sort of what comes with that, right? Like sort of touching that IP again. And I think a lot of us watching this today and, and like, we never thought this day was actually going to come. Like, was there trepidation when you guys finally said like, yeah, we could do Half-Life, but like, there was a reason it was a small team doing it's it okay. for a time. Maybe, maybe that was easier because we started this as an exploration of uh, VR mechanics rather yeah. than, hey, we're going to start Half-Life, whatever it's going to be. So it's say it, focused um, we can that. say it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Half-Life, whatever. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like uh, and that, yeah. that that made that made it a lot easier because we were just sort of what can we do? How can we translate the, the yeah. half-life mechanics to the VR and you know the hands and the headset? Um, and it was a really like it was an immediately really obvious there's a lot of potential here with this stuff. Um, and just like one after another, we put these half-life mechanics into VR. Right. Um, some of them worked really well. Some of them were pretty comical up front, but there were there were enough that were really promising that yeah. we just sort of organically grew as uh, as, yeah. we, as we saw. Game devs are always so hard to listen to because they're all fucking robots. We started put people mentally. Fifteen minute sort of play a prototype. They would they would spend forty five minutes in it. It's also interesting because you know the way Valve works anyways. They just kind of walk into a project or whatever. Yeah, that's how they make projects. Yeah. They essentially said like it's tables or whatever, and like on this table, someone starts working on something, people start gravitating towards it, and it turns into something. Half Life Three has been attempted like five times. That kind of behavior really dovetailed very nicely with the sort of core DNA of Half Life, and so we were we were really excited because if players are exhibiting that kind of interest in exploring their environment before we've even really got any reason to explore in this prototype. And the fact that it was so incredibly low fidelity. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was almost comical. Yeah. Um, but it didn't seem to matter. Because yeah. like the sense of immersion, the sense of being there was powerful enough that No, and and now having played through it, I mean this that sense of immersion, it's just I mean, what you guys have done visually with it and the, the look, I mean it's it is absolutely half of it. I think that's something that will probably surprise people. I think there was rumors like, oh you guys might be doing some kind of you know, Half-Life VR thing, and people are probably expecting it, you know, small, you know, room with old asses. And this is like a full-blown AAA production. Yeah, which, it uh, looks fucking brand is, new. Yeah. It's absolutely um, incredible to see kind of what, what you and the team put together. But the, you know, the, the big question I think everyone is going to have, it's like, you know, VR is an emerging market. A very small percentage of, you know, probably Half-Life fans and customers have VR. So I'm sure some people are like, Great, you're doing Half-Life. We're super excited that that's happening, but like, why does this have to be VR only? Um, which you know is a fair concern for people, right? It's like, are they forcing me to buy VR to have the next Half-Life experience? Um, is that just because you know you think the the opportunity for innovation was sort of in the VR space with this? Like, you're not doing a flat screen version of this game, right? 
um, yeah, I mean, we, we would love to be delivering a version of this that you could play with a mouse and a keyboard. But um, like as we said, it began as an exploration of VR. And yeah. um, the more we used the, uh, the controllers and the headset, we realized um, the amount of um, interactions this gives, the amount of possibilities these things give us, um, the more we explored it, the more we realized that um, there's so much opportunity that we not can't really translate back ever to again. the keyboard. Um, That'd be them leading the way, your hands but uh, that's alienating a lot of people, space, yeah. simultaneously tracking and, moving and hoping and that they'll really unalienate themselves um, by buying VR. Into game mechanics, um, the kinds of interactions that we can do now, we couldn't possibly do with a mouse and keyboard. Like interacting with doors is yeah. like one of the most obvious things. I mean, you've, you've played, so you've seen. No. Oh, it's so fun, and I think the thing, like with, what I'll say about the combat stuff, is when you know you're pulling a clip and putting the gun and, and like ducking for cover. I mean, there's funny videos of me playing this thing where you're, I mean, literally on the floor and ducking. I mean, it's like the combat is is truly immersive and visceral, and it reminds me of like classic Half-Life, but it's so much different. I mean, I'm sure you could potentially map some of that to like a mouse or controller, but it's just the I don't, amount I think of it's complexity yeah. that's going on there. It's yeah. just it's so hard to. We would have to map an entire section of the keyboard dedicated just to interacting with doors if we wanted yeah. to have that kind of functionality. Whereas it's so intuitive for you because you know how the door works and you yeah. can sort of crack it open. The experience wouldn't translate because no, then you just the make shooter and you can open the door. Knock it open, you can drop a grenade in and close the door. Uh, no, there, there's one sequence in the game where it's literally like you literally open it, throw something and close it. And it's like, and that's, that's what makes it so unique and fun. And that's what I think Half-Life was always represented as like innovation in play mm -hmm. style and, and what it is. And I think there's innovation there in, in how you play, which I think, as you said, might not translate to. Yeah, and yeah. Like, the, the more we explored those mechanics, the more we realized that um, in order for us to deliver a keyboard and mouse experience, we'd have to ship a game with like that's missing a lot of those interactions. And they were playtesting so well that we didn't feel like that was a good idea. Well, yeah, you'd end up watering down the VR experience or you know, to, to try to do both at the same time. Right. And the process was really what can we do with these controllers and, and the HMD? And so that, as we explored that idea, it just drove us into this place where the game became essentially VR rather than just kind of superficially VR, yeah. you know? Um, no. And, and it would be, like Daria said, really hard to, to support those mechanics on a keyboard. Yeah, a lot of cases, almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And you're supporting other, and it's not just index, right? Supporting like, Vive and Oculus right. and beyond, yeah, we multiple PC everyone, headsets, right? Everyone that we can get to be able to play this, we want to be able to play it. Yeah. Um, our requirements, uh, I mean, track controllers is sort of one of the main things, just because, as Darius says, we do so much with it. Right. Uh, I wonder if those will work with Vive. You know, we're constantly the asking the player to be doing hand controls they're talking about. With those hands. Oh, I, it's, it's, and, it's uh, a work. I imagine it would. The amazing thing is it's, it's all intuitive. You tech, learning you know, they worked on the was Vive for a long time. Yeah, and it's, it's more so just communicating no, with... Pulling the clip, exactly. reloading the gun, I mean, they already let you map controllers to wherever you want on Steam, so I don't know why they wouldn't let you use those on your headset. And if they're going to work with the game anyway, the game's going to know how those things work. Great story here and great characters. As long as they don't have a proprietary plug into the headset, kind of just like USB, right? Well. Which is fine. Um, so you, it's it's a prequel. People don't know, you know, starring Alex. I'm sure the question, of course, will come up. You wouldn't even say it, but like Half Life Three. I'm sure some people are like, why is this not Half Life Three? Why is this a prequel? So can you sort of explain yeah. like timeline, how that all kind of came together? Because you said let's do Half Life, but it's like. Just carry it forward, guys. Yeah, I think Robin is the perfect person to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> Time uh, to run, leave. run. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, in all honesty, in, you know, back in 2016 when we started this, I mean, Half-Life was just a terrifying, right. sorry, Half-Life 3, terrifyingly daunting prospect, right? Um, you know, it's not good to and, hear. And I think, to some extent, VR was a way we could fool ourselves into right. believing we could, you know, we had a, a way to, to do this. Because by starting with VR and then trying to think about Half-Life and how it worked with it and playtesting those, you're immediately in a space where we have something we understand well, Half-Life's core gameplay, and a new platform with new prospects and new possibilities, and we can do that translation, and then we can watch people play it. And so within a week or two, we can, we're starting to learn. We're able to watch someone go through it. And so it was really easy to not try and think about the big picture of like, are we making Half-Life 3 and just focus on, let's figure out what people enjoy in this, and let's make forward progress. And in some ways, like VR was a little bit you know, like the sort of like the way the gravity gun helped us in Half Life Two, where it's it, like a spark to kind of get some you could wrap so much the juices flowing, yeah. something exactly. different. And so VR became this thing that we could wrap everything around, um, kind of like a rail to slide along for design. You know? Yeah. No, I, think, um, I think that's whereas, fair because it's Half Life Three. If yeah. it's like, hey, tomorrow you're working on Half Life Three, you're like, oh god. <laughs> no, well, they, they said the expectation. You said there's a safety to sort of doing a VR thing, whereas you said doing a full blown, you know. Half-Life 3 that has crazy expectations. Yeah. They just need to get yeah, someone who fucking can write a really good story. To, to, and I'm sure they know and, and we, have we worked on it and shit, but like, just get someone to write a fucking amazing story for Half-Life 3 and start working from there. I mean, people just want a, you know, best looking that you can make at the time game that's a first-person shooter that's immersive and story-driven. As long as the story's good, no one's going to complain. If the story's bad, people fucking hate it. We're able to, by the time you start... All right, we should probably stop it here. Um, pretty much get the gist that uh, their their drive is innovation. They want to uh, kind of uh, re-spark the creative process, and uh, it kind of slowly evolved from working on a VR title that's supposed to be a AAA uh, full experience to Half-Life, um, although Portal would have been really neat to see in VR, but I understand that would definitely make people sick. Uh, do you have anything, any thoughts on uh, the creative process or anything really that we've talked about? When it comes to Half-Life, Alex, um, you know more so, more so, uh, just enjoy listening to like the behind-the-scenes aspect of it. Yeah, uh, I love listening to devs talk about their games. Yeah, it's it's interesting just to see like where the inspiration came from to to make that game. Um, especially since, like you said, it started off as well. We want to make the people are clamoring for that AAA VR game. Um, and so they toyed around with that and then they were like, well, what assets do we have that we can toy with? And then they ruled out a bunch of stuff and then they picked two, but then one of them would, would very much so make people sick. So they're like, okay, well, we're just going to mess with half-life assets, see what happens. And it just kept evolving. So, yeah, it's um, interesting. And that, is, yeah, it is, it is interesting because it wasn't like someone was like, we're making VR half-life. It was literally just, it kind of happened. So, um, I think it's interesting. Um, it's also, you know, great news for for people who are diehard Half Life fans and willing to do what it takes to play that game, or for people who already are invested in VR, they're getting that 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 experience that or mm -hmm. that that uh, AAA game coming out. So um, overall, I think it's just a positive thing in like just in gaming in general because it is something that is missing, and. Um, it's I, I think I think it's happening. crucial. I think it's yeah. crucial to really sell the idea of VR. We got to get the we got to fucking take the step into 
video games, yeah. uh, not toys, not these immersive experiences, but like full on fucking games for sure that are a viable. I'm going to buy this for that $60 full AAA experience in VR. And, uh, that's a great first step for them. Um, and possibility for them to lead the way for other people to do the same, which I really want people to do. Um, to really push the medium because that's the one thing that's kind of kept VR stagnant is uh, it's it's in its infancy. People still trying to figure out how to fuck to make games for it. Yeah. They're just more so enamored by the fucking possibility of being able to do this. They're still toying around with it as they're developing these games. Um, so to get that AAA uh, you know, production is really cool. But it's also exciting for me because this is Valve finally stepping out of their fucking... I mean, that they're scared to make Half-Life 3. I don't I, I don't like... I mean, I get where they're coming from, but that sucks. Yeah. That this developer who's made Half-Life 2 is afraid to make Half-Life 3. Um, that's not where you want to be, uh, you know, mindset-wise. Uh, you don't want to hear that from the people you're wanting Half-Life 3 from, that they're afraid to make it. Yeah. Um, so, and I get where they're coming from, but it just kind of sucks to hear that. But hopefully this, like they were saying, can kind of get them going like, okay... We made this. We really like what happened there. We have revisited Half-Life in a modern sense. We're ready to take that that jump. So I think this is a good step for Valve as a company in general, regardless of the VR, regardless of the subject matter. It's good to see Valve is stepping up to the plate to make games again. Yeah. But they're also thinking outside the box and trying to make innovative games, um, which is something that they were known for. Yeah. So um, not just innovating the, the digital market um, and owning it. Um, and then stopping, you know, what they're doing. But all in all, I agree with you. I think it's a good thing. Um, I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Uh, for what I've seen gameplay-wise, it looks really fucking cool. It looks like something I'd play. The idea of playing a full game in VR is awesome. And, uh, yeah, listening to the devs talk about it was really interesting, although it's always hard for me to listen to devs personality-wise because they're always just like, uh, fucking numbers and things. Um, but, uh, but it is really interesting to hear uh, the creative aspect of how they came to that point. But... Yeah, pretty cool. Anything else? No. Let us know in the comments what you guys think about Half-Life. Alex, what do you think about it being VR only? Are you in the market to play it? Can you play it already? Are you planning on buying what you need to to play it? Or is that something that is going to hold you back from playing this? Or do you not care about Half-Life in general? This is just like not interesting to you at all. Um, or you're one of those people who are not going to be able to play this game and you're a big Half-Life fan. Uh, what do you think about the game in general being a prequel? What do you think about Source Engine 2, the graphics? Um, does that uh, excite you? Um what do you think about their thought process on uh, Half-Life 3? And uh, would you have preferred a Portal VR game over this or something else? Let me know everything you're thinking about when it comes to Half-Life. Alex, in the comments below. But that's going to do it for this episode of TasteCast, episode 103. As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. Enjoy this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook at Tasty Luke Gaming. Check out our streams. Links down below. I'm on Twitch, Mixer, and YouTube all at once when I stream. So you can watch me wherever you want to watch. Shelby's on Mixer. And uh, yeah, we've got a Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Make sure to vote GOTM. One of the games that I did not read at the beginning of this episode, but I'll have it on the screen so you know what games you can vote for. That will stop on Thanksgiving. So uh, make sure to get your votes in one vote per video. And uh, yeah, my name's Seth. I'm Chevy. Until Tasty Tuesday, have a good night, guys, and take it easy.